Um, she's been she's been preaching since she's 15, 16 years old, and I won't say how old she is, but that's a few years. And uh, so I know that there is something special in here for all of us today. So I'm asking you to pray right now for the utterance to be given, and then also for you to be receptive to what the Holy Spirit will say. I encourage you to be active during the teaching and preaching of the Word. Don't just sit there like a bump on a log, but look at your Bible, look at the Scriptures. You don't have to get get up and run around the building or anything like that. But be in faith, believing God for utterance. Amen? Amen? Because utterance is dependent on two things. Number one, the Spirit of God in the speaker, but also the Spirit of God in you. So if you just kind of put it on idle, you won't receive half of what God's got for you today. So I want us to give my lovely bride, our very own Pastor Brenda, a big hand as she comes to minister this morning. Thank you, dear. Amen. Praise God. If I stay down here, can you all see me in the back? You all be seated. Let's see here. Is it good? Okay. I don't have stair climbing shoes on today, but they're cute. So I'm going to stay down here if that's all right with y'all. Well, praise the Lord. Merry Christmas. I am excited to be able to deliver the word of God this morning. And I thought I'd start out with a few kind of funny things. I know that we all have different memories of Christmas. For some, it could be the good, bad, and the ugly, but we're going to forget all of that. And we're going to think about the good things that Jesus has done for us at Christmas. Amen. But I must say that some of my greatest Christmas memories, the ones that I treasure the most as a kid, as an adult, as a parent, as now as a grandparent, they really have nothing to do with the presents that were under the tree. They don't involve expensive gifts, but all of them are wrapped around precious times with family. Isn't that what it's about? Enjoying and being thankful for the family that God has given us, those that he has placed in our life. The times that we have laughed together and had all these great memories are the things that come up in my heart. I can remember as a little girl... Some of the best memories that I have were making cookies and candy with my mom and my sisters. And it never was just about our family. There's five kids in my family. And that's a that's a crew in and of itself. And then all the relatives that would come. But Christmas was always instilled in us as a time to be a blessing to others. How many of you have that kind of heritage where your parents taught you it's not just about what we get, but what we give away? So my mom and sisters and I, we'd make all these candy and cookies and then we would deliver it. Sometimes we'd take it to the nurse people in the nursing home or my mom would find out about families in the community that were having a hard time and we would go and deliver that. That's treasured memories for me. And then I remember, you know, Christmas touches my heart always because I do have wonderful memories of how God was instilled into our lives and the things that I was taught as a child. And then I remember every Christmas in our small little church, we always had a Christmas program. And I got to be in it every year. And of course, you know, it was a good choice. Most of the time, I got to be the angel. I, you know, just a natural fit. 
to be the angel declaring the good news of great joy and then singing with all of my heart. For years, I thought the words to this song were, Hark the hairy angels sing. Couldn't figure out why we were calling the angels Harry. And it wasn't till years later that my dad pointed out, honey, it's not hark the hairy angels sing. It's hark the herald angels sing. But I'll never forget that because I thought I was doing such a good job portraying the angels and singing this wonderful Christmas song. And then, you know, as we grew up and, and as I married Pastor Mark and we we had our own children begin to build memories with them. I remember when the boys were little. I knew James wasn't quite old enough to grasp, to grasp what I was trying to convey to them. But I thought, you know, it was my duty. I'm the pastor's wife, leader of the church here. And I need to let them know that Santa is not real. Some of you got your kids in here today. Don't be offended. But anyhow, so, you know, sometimes we get these things in our thinking. Now, I have to come up with a good explanation about Santa. So I, I prayed about that. I thought about it. And the boys were just small. So I tried to do my best explanation that, you know, the, the gifts under our tree, they're not from Santa. They're from Jesus. But now Santa's not a bad guy. He's a fat little guy in a red suit, but he's not responsible for our gifts. So I'm trying to do my best explanation, which was really uncalled for at the age that they were. So later on that week, we were in Toys R Us or somewhere, and and the clerk said to my little boys, so what's Santa bringing you this year? And John got real, you know, John, he's pretty aggressive anyway, outspoken. He said, nothing. He's just a fat guy in a red suit. And I got this look from the clerk of, you are a terrible mother to tell a three or four year old that and ruin Christmas for him. Memories. And now we're building memories with our little granddaughter, Olivia. And probably one of the best ones that I have so far around Christmas was last year at Thanksgiving, they, they were at our house and she was three years old at the time. They're getting ready to leave and I'm thinking, oh, before they leave, I want to get out the nativity scene. I, I want Libby to have that fun time with me. We have this beautiful nativity scene. I'm getting it out and I'm t- explaining every little character to her and the figurines, letting her hold him. And we get to baby Jesus. And I said, now this is baby Jesus. She's holding him and she's like, Baby Jesus? Yes. You know, I'm giving her this great explanation. God sent his son. He was born as a little baby. Now you put him in the manger. That's where he was born. She kept saying, baby Jesus was born in a manger. Yes, honey, baby Jesus. Well, I didn't realize that she'd been having some challenges at night, as some three-year-olds do. And she would be waking up in the night, crying, getting up, coming into her parents' bedroom, wanting to get in bed with them. So they had been telling her when this would occur, honey, you don't have to be afraid at night because Jesus is with you. 
So a few nights after they left our house, this happened. She woke up. She came into their bedroom crying. And and John picks her up and says, honey, remember, you don't have to be afraid. Jesus is with you. And she looks at him and she says, yeah, but what good's that going to do? Grammy said he's a baby now. (laughs) Oops. Memories. (laughs) I'm like, I'm sorry, John. I didn't have time to tell her the whole salvation message. I'm I'm playing, you know. He's like, thanks a lot, Mom. Anyhow. So I have a question for you today. (laughs) What does Christmas mean to you? I hopefully no one in here will agree with that horrible atheist-sponsored Billboard in Times Square. I don't know if you've heard about that or not. Huge billboard in Times Square. And it says, Christmas is better without Christ. No, Christmas is not better without Christ. It is not Xmas. It is Christmas. Christ, the celebration of his birth. Or perhaps you may be here today or you may know someone that they agree with Livy's thoughts. Oh, he's just a cute little baby in a major. But what good is that? How can that help me? He's just a baby. So today we want to look at the fact that he's not a baby anymore. What does the Bible say? Turn with me over to Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. And let's look into the word of God and discover who Jesus really is and what this wonderful gift of Christmas means to us. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called, say it with me, Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Do you need him today to be wonderful in your life? His name is Wonderful. How about Counselor? Are you seeking some direction and you need some wisdom from above? That's what Jesus came to give you. He's the mighty God. I'm so thankful that the Lord God that we serve is not weak. He's nothing's too difficult for him. He's the mighty God. The everlasting father. There is no end to the love that God has given us. There's no beginning and there's no end to the love that he has for you. And then, of course, he is our prince of peace. This scripture tells us for unto us a child is born. But then it goes on and it says unto us. A son is given. Yes, he entered this earth through the miraculous virgin birth. He came as a baby, but he grew up. He became a child and then he became a man and then he became the savior of the world. Jesus knew why he came. Jesus knew his purpose in life. 
In Luke chapter 2, after we see the Christmas story, we can look over in verse 40 and we can see here. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was up on him. He grew not only physically, but he grew strong spiritually. And the wisdom of God began to be manifest in his life because he studied the scriptures and he saw himself in the word of God and he knew why he came and it inspired him. And then even if you'll read the rest of this passage at age 12, his parents had to go up to Jerusalem for a feast day. And they had a, were with a big group of folks from Nazareth, all sorts of family and all traveling together in a caravan. And they left Jerusalem and were headed back to Nazareth. And it took them a whole day to realize that Jesus wasn't part of the group. So they go back to Jerusalem. And three days later, they didn't find him at the arcade or at the movie theater. They found him in the temple, astounding the leaders and rulers of that day with his wisdom. What was he doing there in the temple? We'll look at verse 49 of Luke two. And when they found him, they were like, what are you doing? Why did you do this? And he said to them, Why do you seek me? Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? He wasn't talking about the family business, the carpentry business. He wasn't in the temple showing them little artifacts and little things and figurines that he had carved out. No, he was talking about my heavenly father's business. Jesus had this revelation at age 12 that he had two fathers. He had a natural father, Joseph, which he submitted to. We can see that later on. And he came under his authority. But he also knew that he had a heavenly father. And that's the business he was talking about. I got to be about my father's business. And as I was reading this passage the other day, it just came up so strong in my heart to ask you this. Do you know that you have two fathers? Maybe your earthly father was never there in your life. Maybe your earthly father abandoned you or abused you and you didn't even know him. And he didn't set the right kind of example in your life. But I got good news today. You know, Christmas is good news. It's a message and a great tidings and good news. And the good news today is this. You have a new father. You have one who will never leave you nor forsake you. You have one that in the pages of this wonderful Bible, he has expressed to you how much you're valued, how much he cares for you, how much he loves you, that he loves all of us unconditionally, that he gave us all his very best, the best gift. That heaven had to offer. Let me read you something called the perfect gift. He did not use a silvery box or paper green and red. God laid his Christmas gift to men within a manger bed. 
No silken cord was used to bind the gifts sent from above. Twas wrapped in swaddling clothes and bound in cords of tender love. That's what God gave to us. You can all quote it with me, but I want to look at John 3.16. The greatest gift ever given was given by our Heavenly Father. Let's all say this together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do we have any believers in the house today? Have you accepted the precious gift of the Lord Jesus Christ? Let's look at this same passage. I want to read it to you. You can just listen out of the message translation. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one need to be destroyed. Oh, I love that. So no one need to be destroyed. But by believing in him, Anyone? Are you an anyone? Are the people driving by right now out there? I see cars going by. Are they an anyone? Absolutely. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. Then it goes on. God did not go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help to put the world right again. I love that phrase. No one need be destroyed. Anyone who acknowledges and recognizes him as the son of God can receive everlasting life. I'm so thankful that he didn't come with a message of condemnation. He came with a message of restoration to put things right in our lives. We may have had brokenness on every, in every area of our life, but this says he came to make things right. He came to make you and I whole spirit, soul, and body. The greatest gift You can receive and unwrap, as Pastor is going to talk about tonight, unwrap this year, is that God loves me. He loves me so much that he sent heaven's best. And Jesus loves me so much that he came. Salvation has got two components. God had to be willing to give. And Jesus had to be willing to come. That is the message of Christmas. That's why we celebrate. And I'm not at all, you know, down on Christmas and all the decorations and all that goes into Christmas. I love to see the lights. I love to see people decorating their homes and trees and the music and all of that. And every time I see a Christmas tree and the lights are blinking, it says to me, he came. He came. The light of the world came. He shone forth his love into a dark and desperate 
situation. Are you thankful for him? It's not about expensive gifts, shoes, clothes, jewelry. God wants to bless us with those things. But it's so easy to lose sight of the true meaning of Christmas. And we will always be disappointed if we make Christmas about things. Always. I have a word for you. Stop looking at what you don't have and what might not be under your Christmas tree. And start looking at what we do have. The love of God. The greatest gift heaven has ever known. Even if your family is flaky. And perhaps you're not looking forward to spending time with them. Or maybe you don't even have a family. And you're feeling all alone this year. You can still find peace and joy in knowing this. You're part of the family of God. You're loved by love itself. God is love. You don't get any purer love than that. He loves you. He loves me. And the love of God that's on the inside of us. If if you're feeling lonely and like you don't have anyone to celebrate Christmas with. The love of God on the inside of you will compel you to go and make somebody else's Christmas happy. And in giving the love that you have on the inside of you away, your Christmas will become merry and bright. Can I get an amen? Amen. The greatest gifts are not material things. How many have seen that movie, that Disney movie, The Grinch That Stole Christmas? Anybody seen that? I want to borrow something from The Grinch today. In that movie, he felt so rejected. He felt left out. He couldn't stand the happiness that he was hearing from Whoville. He was up on that mountain getting more and more angry, feeling more and more depressed, more and more isolated. So he decided, I'm going to run their Christmas. So in the middle of the night, he goes down to Whoville. He's got this giant like vacuum kind of thing. And he steals all of their presents. He sucks up their Christmas trees. He wrecks their decorations. He thinks, now I've done it. They won't have Christmas. But something happened. He heard singing anyway. They still had Christmas. And then he had this great revelation. And this is what he said. It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas perhaps means a little bit more. That's a start, Mr. Grinch. It means a lot more. It doesn't come in packages and bows. It doesn't come from a store. Perhaps today you need to be reminded 
what Christmas means to us. Let's think for a moment back on that night long ago when the shepherds announced the good tidings of great joy. Before we do that, I want to read something else to you. Christmas is about the greatest news ever. Our preparation, our celebration should be joyful. It is goodness, good news of great joy for all people because God says, I love you. I'm with you and I'm for you. Now let's see that announcement of his birth to the shepherds found in Luke chapter 2 beginning in verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you what kind of news? Good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Aren't you so blessed to know that this announcement came from the angel itself and it said it's good tidings, good tidings of great joy. The gospel is known as what? Good news. It's good news to the oppressed to hear, I don't have to be oppressed anymore. It's good news to those that are attacked in body to hear, I don't have to be sick anymore. It's good news to those that are facing financial disaster to hear that he promised to meet all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Good tidings of great joy. And then I love that line, which shall be to all people. That was quite a statement for the angels to make to the shepherds because they thought that the Messiah was coming just to the house of David, just to the Jewish people. And the angel put that little header in there to all people. Why? It was a glimpse of the heart of God and it showed just how far reaching and how all inclusive the message of salvation is. This message of good news and great joy is to all people. The plan of salvation doesn't know any racial barriers. The plan of salvation is for every man, woman, boy, girl, every 
person on the face of this earth, from every nation, from every kindred, from every tribe, from every social status. That was a revelation that God was putting out there to the shepherds on that night so long ago. He was literally saying, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do we have any whosoever's in here today? How many of you have called on the name of the Lord? You know that he is your king of kings. He is your Lord of lords. Yes, he came as a baby in a manger, but he's not a baby anymore. He's the savior of the earth. And he told those shepherds as well, don't be afraid. He was instructing them not to be afraid because I'm sure they saw the heavens open and that angelic choir and they were tempted to be afraid. But that's a message for us today. We do not have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid of what's happening in the earth today. We don't have to be afraid of all the things that are going on with the economy. We don't have to have a sense of dread and fear about 2014. Why? Because we have the Savior. We've got good news and it's a tiding of great joy. What, how can we have joy in the midst of terrible situations that may be going on? And I know that people this time of year, sometimes it's really hard for folks. They suffered a loss maybe of a loved one or different things and it's a hard time. But that's why Jesus came. That's why the angel said it's good news of great Joy. Joy is not contingent on situations and circumstances. That's happiness. But joy is inner. It's an inner faith that comes from believing and trusting God and knowing everything's going to be all right because we got him on the inside of us. If you're here today, maybe you've never received Jesus into your heart. You can today. If you already know him, which I'm pretty sure most of you do, then I want to just remind you again of some things that he said in the word of God that he is to us. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, we read it in the beginning that he's wonderful. He's our counselor. He's our mighty God. He's our everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. Now I want to look at that passage out of the message Bible. For a child has been born for us, for us, for you, for me. The gift of a son for us. He'll take over running the world. His names will be amazing counselor, strong God, eternal father. Then I love how this says it. Prince of wholeness. Prince of wholeness. His ruling authority will grow and there will be no limits to the wholeness he brings. He's the prince of wholeness. 
Everything that I've said today is leading up to this point. Because I want to leave you with this thought today. Jesus is all that we need. Jesus is the prince of wholeness. What does it mean to have wholeness in our life? Well, wholeness literally comes from the Hebrew Hebrew word shalom, which means nothing missing, nothing broken. I know that there's some people in here today that for you, someone is missing this holiday season. And it can leave an aching void in our hearts because a loved one has gone on to be with the Lord. But the prince of wholeness, even though they can't come back to this earth, you can have that blessed assurance. They can't come to you, but you can go to them. And knowing that brings wholeness. Knowing that brings peace, comfort, and even joy into our lives. It's not a permanent separation. It's temporary. Let the prince of wholeness bring you great comfort and peace this year. Others, you may be under some sort of a physical attack. Perhaps you've even gotten a a bad report from a doctor. Physically, emotionally can cause us to feel broken. Can cause us to feel weak. But this year, let there be the revelation He's the prince of wholeness. He's the healer of our bodies. He is our healer. He is our restorer. Spirit, soul, and body. You've been tempted to feel depressed. Guess what? He's the prince of wholeness. He's the glory. He's the lifter of our heads. Receive that anointing into your life today. Let the prince of wholeness touch you in any area that you're not feeling whole in. Any area that you may be feeling broken in. The prince of wholeness. Perhaps... This year, you're hoping for that perfect gift under the tree. I trust you won't be disappointed. But regardless of what is or isn't under the tree, you've already been given the perfect gift. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. His name is Wonderful. His name is Counselor. His name is the Everlasting Father. His name is the Prince of Peace. His name is the Prince of Wholeness. You can't get a better gift than that. Hallelujah. Let's all stand and just begin to thank him.